Manyase Yaritachakyam, Mayadris Tumiti Prabhu. If you think that I am able to behold your cosmic form, O my Lord, O Master of all mystic power, then kindly show me that unlimited universal self. I was born in the darkness of ignorance, but my spiritual master has opened my eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. I offer my most respectful obeisances unto him. I'll read the text of the beginning of this chapter and then we'll discuss a little bit. Text 1, Arjuna said, By hearing the instructions you have kindly given me about these most confidential subject matters, my illusion has now been dispelled. O Lotus-Eyed One, I have heard that you, from you in detail about the appearance and disappearance of every living entity and have realized your inexhaustible glories. O greatest of all personalities, O Supreme Form, though I see you here before me in your actual position as you have described yourself, I wish to see how you have entered into this cosmic manifestation I want to see that form of yours. If you think that I am able to hold this cosmic form, O my Lord, O Master of all mystic power, then kindly show me that unlimited universal self. The Supreme Personality of Godhead said, My dear Arjuna, son of Prita, see now my opulences, hundreds of thousands of varied, divine, and multicolored forms. O best of the Bharats, see here the different manifestations of Adichas, Vasus, Rudras, Asvini Kumaras, and all the other demigods. Behold the many wonderful things which no one has ever seen or heard of before. O Arjuna, whatever you wish to see, behold at once in this body of mine. This universal form can show you whatever you now desire to see and whatever you may want to see in the future. Everything, moving and non-moving, is here completely in one place. But you cannot see me with your present eyes. Therefore I give you divine eyes. Behold my mystic opulence. Sanjaya said, O king, having spoken thus, the supreme lord of all mystic power, the personality of Godhead displayed his universal form to Arjuna. It's interesting that sometimes the upstart inquisitive personality will will go to a sadhu or a saintly person and uh, say, well, if you're so saintly, so powerful, show me God. And Prabhupada had a, because Prabhupada traveled and spoke a lot in public and was confronted with uh, so many reporters and uh, people that really were not serious about spiritual life and therefore would try to find some fault. So they'd say, well, they'd say, can you show me God? You're putting yourself forward as the big spiritual master. Can you show me God? And he'd say, well, do you have the eyes to see God? So even even here we see that Arjuna is requesting on our behalf 
There's no need for Arjuna to see Krishna's opulences. If you read the purports to these verses this evening, Prabhupada points out in the, in the purports that if someone, some foolish person is, is coming before you and proclaiming, I am God, I am the Supreme Lord, uh, you'll see this a lot in, in you know, different yogis. Uh, they'll say, well, I'm God, I'm Kali, I'm uh, you know, Kalki, I'm God. So therefore, this is a standard test. You can say, fine, if you're God, then you show me your universal form. If you can't show me your universal form, then don't expect me to accept that you're the Supreme Personality of Godhead. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to do that. Of course, that person may be so foolish as to say, well, you don't have the eyes to see my universal form. Well, you can see here, Arjuna says, I don't have the eyes. And even Krishna reinforces that. He says, you don't have the eyes, but I'm God. I can give you the eyes. So then you can say, well, give me the eyes. You're God. You can give me the eyes to see your universal form. In this way, a test can be, before, be put before some foolish person that's claiming to be God. Such a test would never be there on the part of a devotee, though. Uh, a devotee of the Supreme Lord, is in a position of service. And in a position of service, there is no demand of the master. And so as a devotee, we, we accept Krishna as our Supreme Master. So much so that the aspiration of the devotee is das, das, anudas. We, we feel ourselves incompetent to even serve God directly. Uh, I'm in the lowest position, therefore, whatever service I can render, let me serve the people that are serving God, or the people that are serving this people that are serving God, and on and on down, das, das, anu, das. I'm in the far away position. That's, that's, my, that's my spiritual status. I have no, there is no, no good quality here that allow that should allow me to directly serve the Lord. But maybe I can help a servant down the line. Some. And that's the humility that is, is there in the heart of the pure devotee, of someone that's, that's aspiring properly to serve the Supreme Lord. In regards to that, I want to read a, a, a little something that uh, I came across the other day in the writing of uh, Sridhar Swami. Sridhar Swami was one of Prabhupada's godbrothers. And uh, he has a unique way of putting things. And uh, just really listen closely to what he's saying here. It, it's, it's just nice the way he puts it. In the higher type of devotion, there's never any desire that Krishna or his associates will come to serve and supply us. Or that he will show himself to us. To impose our whim on him is not actual service. Whatever he likes to do, he may do. And whatever may be required of us, we shall consider ourselves fortunate if we are giving, given the chance to supply it. Exhaustively eliminating all our desires, we are to place ourselves fully at the disposal of the Supreme Lord, who is never to carry out any order or wish of ours. Such a position is the standard 
that we aspire to. That we put no nothing at all. We actually have no aspiration except to serve selflessly. Expecting nothing in return. That's called selfless service. It's hard to conceive of from our position here, isn't it? To just to even imagine having that much, being able to, to have nothing except a desire to do some service in any capacity. That level of hum, humility is the passport to the spiritual world. That actually takes us to the highest level of devotional service. Until we come to that level of selflessness, we need to continue to work very diligently to purify ourselves. It's a natural thing. This, this, this is a natural cleansing of the heart that will come through the practice of pure devotional service. When there's no mixing, no, no business deals, no bartering with the Lord. In this world, we, we notice so many religious traditions and generally, there is always bartering in the, in the dealings in spiritual life. There's always some, some desire on our part for our fulfillment or for our betterment, for our uh, attainment of something that is currently outside of our reach. The platform of pure devotional service is a platform where one is perfectly content in whatever position they have as the, wherever the Lord's put them. Those characteristics of pure devotional service are explained by Rupa Goswami. Uh, there's a few verses he put together and uh, that literature is called Upadeshamrita, the nectar of instruction. There's one verse there that, uh, that talks about this, this aspiring without any, doing service to the Lord without any personal aspiration, that such devotional service is fulfilling, but one remains enthusiastic and patient and confident in the practice of devotional service. So it's not that the devotee is completely devoid of, of fulfillment. He's actually enthusiastic because his activity, the activity of devotional service is on the transcendental platform. It enthuses him. It satisfies the heart when we perform devotional service. Even if it's without some motivation for upliftment on our part, it's still enthusing. It's so satisfying if it's done purely. Utsahan nischayad daryat tat tat karma pavartana. Enthusiasm, patience, confidence. Working according to proper scriptural injunction. 
we have to follow some regulations so that we don't let our senses get the better of us. And those, those regulations are given by the spiritual match, master. Utsahan nishcaya dharyatata karma pavartana sangha twagatsatobrite. Last two of the six items are associate with spiritually minded people and to avoid materialistic persons. So both things are there. So that's the standard of, of, of pure devotion that's, uh, that is the aspiration of the practice of, of Krishna consciousness. That level, that high level of selfless service. So these things are all favorable for our devotional service. Enthusiasm, patience, confidence, acting under spiritual direction, uh, associating with uh, spiritually minded people and avoiding the materialists. This chapter of Bhagavad Gita, Arjuna, is, is, is for the benefit of mankind setting the bar very high. But he's, his, his, his request of Krishna is not done in a demanding way. If you want, you show me this universal form. And in the purports, Prabhupada mentions, actually Arjuna had no real interest in seeing the universal form. He's seeing his most lovable object right in front of him on the chariot. And he's already, in the first verse, he's already accepted the fact that he's fully convinced that Krishna is God. He doesn't need a display. He doesn't need a fireworks to, to convince him. You know, he doesn't need to see the oceans part. He, he doesn't need to see any of that. He's already been convinced that Krishna is the supreme. But some people are not convinced so easily by philosophical knowledge, by presentation. Uh, so Arjuna, for the benefit of mankind, is saying, he's saying, my illusion is dispelled. Then he goes on, I have heard from you in detail about the appearance and disappearance of every living entity and have realized, realized your inexhaustible glories. O greatest of all personalities, O supreme form. So Arjuna in this verse, the third verse, is, is acknowledging that the form that he's seen, the, the manifestation of the Lord that he's seeing in front of him now is the supreme form, the most significant form of the Lord. Krishnastu Bhagavan Swayam, the original form of the Lord. Krishna. Two-handed, human-like form. Although I see you before me in your actual position, as you have described yourself, I wish to see how you have entered into this cosmic manifestation. I want to see that form of yours. So he's requesting the Lord, please show me how your energy personally pervades this material universe. How do you manifest the universe? What are the how do how do you as the Supreme Lord how are you the background of everything that we see in this world? How how are you that background? How can we perceive you as that background of the material universe? If you think that I'm able to behold your cosmic form, that's an interesting point, isn't it? If you think I can take it. 
If you think I can, I, can you imagine if God would come and show his true power and opulence in front of us? I mean, so he's, he's, he says, he's qualifying it. Uh, yeah, I'm asking, but make sure that, don't, don't show me anything that I'm not going to be able to handle. It, it may be too much for me. So if you think I can handle it, you can show me. If you think I'm able to behold it without losing, <laughs> losing it, uh, yes. Oh, my Lord, O oh master of all mystic power. Imagine all mystic power. When we think of the concept of all mystic power, having any little knowledge of, of mystic opulences, all that power is coming from the Supreme Lord. So if he shows his universal form, how he, how through his energy, he pervades and supports everything in the, in the cosmos, that's going to be quite a, quite a vision to behold. Then kindly show me that unlimited universal self. So the Supreme Lord responds, My dear Arjuna, son of Frita, now see my opulences, hundreds of thousands of varied divine and multicolored forms. O best of the bards, see here the different manifestations of Adichas, Vasus, Rudras, Asvini Kumaras, and all the other demigods. Behold the many wonderful things which no one has ever seen before. In this verse 6, we can understand that in seeing the universal form of the Lord, Arjuna is seeing all of the various controlling authorities of the material universe. That they're actually coming from him. They're part of his universal body. All the demigods, all the administrative agents are actually of the Lord's material manifestation. They're coming from him. Our, oh, Arjuna, whatever you wish to see, behold at once in this body of mine. This universal form can show you whatever you now desire to see and whatever you may want to see in the future. Everything moving and non-moving is here completely in one place. Again, that's a mystic. One of the mystic opulences is to be able to know past, present, and future. So Arjuna, by simply seeing this universal form, this uniform, universal form of the Lord, is going to be able to see everything complete, including all of time. Incomprehensible. To even conceive of seeing a form that would encompass that much we can't conceive of that with our, with our brain. It's hard to conceive that the Lord can show you a form where you're going to be able to see past, present, and future. So uh, back to the verse a couple before, our Judah said, if you think I can behold it. Text 8. But you cannot see me with your present eyes. Therefore I give you divine eyes. Behold my mystic opulences. And there's a verse Atashi Krishna Namadi Nabavidrahamindriya. That we can't with our material with our material senses, we cannot perceive the Supreme Lord. Uh, material senses mean those senses that allow us to perceive the material world. We can hear, we can smell, we can taste, we can touch, we can see. Uh, these material senses 
with these senses and with this li the limited capacity of those senses, it's not possible for us to experience the supreme, to it, it truly experience spiritual energy. It's, it's not within our capacity as long as we are conditioned in the material world. That verse is there, Atashi Krishna Namadi, Nabaved Graham Indriya, the Indriyas, the senses. It's not possible with the senses to, to perceive the Supreme Lord. Sevan Mukihe Jivadao, Swayam Evas Parachyada. But we can begin to perceive spiritual existence starting with the tongue. The tongue. Beginning there, we can, we, can, we can begin spiritual life. We can taste the Lord in prasadam. We can taste the existence of the Lord in His holy name. It's a special concession for us that we can begin there to experience His presence. Now we notice that if we remember back to the beginning of Bhagavad Gita that uh, the whole narration of Bhagavad Gita is being relayed by Sanjaya who is a, a minister and also a, a mystic sage uh, Trudhritarashtra uh, who's he's a blind man he's, a, he's the blind king and his son wants to take over the world <laughs> so the whole battle is because his son is, is not fit for that service he doesn't have this the proper qualification. So therefore, uh, there's a battle going on between those that are qualified, according to Krishna's estimation. The qualified uh, administrators are trying to, again, resume power that was naturally theirs, but has been absurd. Sanjaya is that minister that's telling Dhritarashtra what's happening. Dhritarashtra is not only materially blind, but he's also spiritually blind. Sanjaya is a, a mystic sage and, and minister to Dhritarashtra. He has such mystic opulence that he can be sitting in the court of the king and he can envision what's happening on the battlefield. Now when Lord Krishna exhibited the universal form to Arjuna, only Arjuna saw this form. Uh, and Sanjaya, of course, is a disciple of Vyasudeva. So that's, that's his qualification. The other participants in the battle, remember the whole discourse is happening before the battle of Kurukshetra, they did not see this universal form. Uh, only Arjuna. Sanjaya said, O king, having spoken, having, having spoken thus, the supreme lord of all mystic power, the personality of God had displayed his universal form to Arjuna. Arjuna saw in that universal form unlimited mouths, unlimited eyes, unlimited wonderful visions. The form was decorated with many celestial ornaments and bore many divine upraised weapons. He wore celestial garlands and garments and many divine scents were smeared over his body. All was wondrous, brilliant, unlimited and expanding. If hundreds of thousands of suns were to rise at once into the sky, their radiance might resemble the effulgence of the Supreme Person in that universal form. 
I'll read one more verse. This will complete. Uh, well, it's actually two more verses, but we'll start next week with, with Arjuna's state after seeing that universal form. At that time, Arjuna could see in the universal form of the Lord the unlimited expansions of the universe situated in one place, although divided into many, many thousands. So this is those verses are what... Sanjaya is relating to Dhritarashtra uh, regarding this vision. So are there any questions? It's a very unique, very unique situation. Krishna is actually showing how he manifests through the universe. And we'll notice later in the chapter that it's... Is he the only one that uh, revealed himself to our... Uh, was Krishna the only person that he revealed himself to? Arjuna. Arjuna, yeah. yeah. Was, no, 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 after that, that was it? Well, no, Krishna is God. He can reveal himself to whoever he wants. Yeah, but this is, particular... Go ahead. Yeah, so he's revealed his universal form before. To others? Yeah. I mean, it depends on time, place, and circumstance. You know, it's not really documented like this particular... Well, there, there's cases where he has... When necessary, when he feels the need, you know... This particular form... Uh-huh. He says to Arjuna here, had never been seen before. Now we also know that uh, Krishna sometimes, uh, like a, when Akrura was sent by Kamsa to take Krishna away from uh, Vraja, mm-hmm. uh, he was able to see a four, was able to see the whole spiritual world when he took bath of the, on that trip. So, yes, sir. There is. Uh Mother Yashoda also is another example. When, mm-hmm. uh, when that Krishna, would be before this. Yeah, when Krishna had birth. But also in Mahabharata, in the situations leading to the to the battlefield of Kurukshetra, it described when Krishna went uh, to, to Dhritarashtra to, how to say, as their messenger, his messenger, and he was requesting on the behalf of Pandavas to give them at least five villages and, mm-hmm. you know, and they, it was rejected. And at that time, Krishna manifested partial universal form to, du, uh, to Duryodhana. And Duryodhana was able to see that. And he got like, completely bewildered about it. And he realized that you know, he deals with wrong person. Mm. But, uh, and I don't remember if this was uh, Karma or Shakuni, one of those. You know, they convinced him that this was just tricks. Mad, mystic, yeah, yeah. mystic, mystic tricks which Krishna is playing on you to, what to say. We really don't have to worry that much. No, it's just it. a trick. Yeah, I think. But this particular form, Krishna, you know, is is unique. Krishna is pointing that out. No one's seen this one. So, I mean, God can manifest Himself in all all kinds of ways. So. The, um, but the point that you were ma- making on the beginning that uh, we cannot, to say, we cannot understand it. We cannot even like imagine what does what does it mean or how how the supreme Lord is, you know, exists everywhere or is present everywhere. And uh, uh, Bhakti Maharaj, he was saying that we cannot figure out the the opulences or the nature of the Supreme Lord by the measuring stick of our mind and senses. 
that we don't have any capacity to how to say to understand even even like you know we were reading about those splendors of the Lord and we were trying to understand well, what what really does it mean and that's we have to explain you know we, we, we are taught what how Krishna manifests his opulences and still we cannot just like uh, understand it and because of that you know the the humility that we're saying about in Shikshashtakam is the only way how we can capture the the Lord. And the pure devotional service, this this mood, this attitude of devotion, uh, pure devotion, without any contamination, is so powerful that Krishna cannot actually resist himself. That he uh, is so attract attracted to the Lord that he he wants to reveal himself, and that's the only power which devotee has. Uh, actually, devotee is more powerful than the Supreme Lord because of his love. And uh, um, the, the Lord is just like a servant. Like here in this case, Arjuna, because being a great, very dear friend of Krishna, he is asking him, well, could you show to me? And Krishna answers, yes, sure, I'll give you the eyes, I'll, I'll give you everything, you know, whatever is necessary. I'll just reveal it to you because you are my dear friend. Mm. Maybe? I have a picture of the universal form. I'm sure you're familiar with it, mm -hmm. where there's more than you know many heads, and um, I'm sure it's not the same thing as what he was showing Arjuna. Well, it's explained that when we when we see pictures of of Krishna, it gives us some indication, but. It, but we have to understand so also that those pictures of the universal form, it gives us some indication of, of what are you, you know, of what, you know, it gives us some indication, but it, you know, small, small reflection. Yeah, what page? Uh, it's just in the picture. Right yeah. The page. So yeah. The middle yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. So, I mean, Arjuna can see all the demigods within the Supreme Lord's body and all the different manifestations of Godhead. He sees an eating evil. Yeah. That will come later, yes. He sees him consuming everything, producing everything. He sees all, all, all time, past, present, and future. And he, sees he also him. sees himself. That's right. <laughs> within that universal form, so... Quite, a, quite a, an amazing display, I'm sure. And Arjuna's overtaken with wonder. That, that'll be discussed later in this chapter. Any other questions? Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Glory to Prabhupada.